Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? I am. Let's go. Let's go to, uh, I'm assuming, the suburbs of New York City. I had no idea where they were. I thought it was just any town USA. Except that at the very end, she was calling from um, Grand Central Station. They yeah. Just, so that I, was maybe that, like Connecticut. True. Yeah. True. Yeah, probably. Prob- yeah, very affluent because he's a lawyer. So Yeah, you're right. Probably Connecticut. You know, and they were next door neighbors with uh, Paul and Joanne. We are doing 1950s Father of the Bride. Now, it is available for streaming on HBO Max. So if you have that, go watch it. I also heard uh, on Hulu as well. Um, And it got 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. This film progresses through the steps to put on a 1950s wedding and reception. What could go wrong? (laughs) Well, the particulars. The particulars. Stop laughing and get to work. Father of the Bride, it had its premiere in New York City on May 18th, 1950, and its U.S. wide release on June 16th, 1950. The director is Vincente Minnelli. Or is it Vincent? You know what? Guess what, guys? He was born Lester Anthony Minnelli. So, oh, really? Yeah. I really like him as a director. Otherwise, I'd just call him Lester. But I guess he wants to be Vincente. Or Vincent. I don't know. He's done. Mr. Cabin- Minnelli. Mr. Minnelli. He directed Cabin in the Sky. Yes. Meet Me in St. Louis. Yes. That's how they sing it in the song. An American in Paris. Oh, we've done all three of those. The Bad and the Beautiful. All four of those. Wow. Yes. So this is our fifth ben- Lester Minnelli joint. <laughs> Mr. Minnelli. He also did Brigadoon and Gigi, just to name a few others. He's done so wow. many films. The screenplay is by Francis Goodrich and Albert Hackett. Those two are married. They both won a Pulitzer Prize in 1956 drama for their play, The Diary of Anne Frank. Mm -hmm. They also wrote the script for The Thin Man, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Easter Parade, and It's a Wonderful Life. It's based on the 1949 novel, Father of the Bride, by Edward Streeter. He also wrote Mr. Hobbs' Vacation and Merry Christmas, Mr. Baxter. The music is by Adolf Deutsch, who also did Some Like It Hot, The Apartment, and The Maltese Falcon, to name a few. Or Maltese Falcon, if you prefer. I do. The director of photography is John Alton, who also shot An American in Paris, Elmer Gantry, and shot the pilot for the television show, Mission Impossible. Yes. Editor, Ferris Webster, who also cut Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Blackboard Jungle, and The Great Escape. My goodness, we've been doing this so long. We are, we are in everything. I know. We just got our hand. And it's it's funny then to be like, oh, we haven't done that. So maybe we put uh-huh. that on the list. Starring 
as Stanley T. Banks, Spencer Tracy, who we've done Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and it's a mad, 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 mad world. He was also in Boys Town and Adam's Rib, just to name a few. He's one of the all-time great Hollywood screen icons. Joan Bennett as Ellie Banks. She was in... She was in Little Women. I forgot to put down which version of Little Women because that oh movie has been made 17 times. So, yes. oh. um, yeah, she was not in the version of Little Women that Elizabeth Taylor was in because Elizabeth Taylor was also in. Little- I think I think Joan Bennett was in the Little Women that had Katherine Hepburn in it. Might have been. Makes sense. Um, she was also in Manhunt and Suspiria. She was also in the gothic soap opera Dark Shadows. Oh, oh your puppy used that to sounds watch fun. Dark I've never Shadows. Heard of that. Oh yeah. gosh, Christine. Yeah, it was okay. It was a vampire soap opera. It was oh a vampire God. soap opera. <laughs> okay. Well, in her New York Times obituary, they said, quote, that Joan Bennett was one of the most underrated actresses of her time. She had, she was in Little Women, so she had like an ingenue phase. Then she had this film noir phase. And then she had a phase where she played uh, mother, um, like motherly roles. So her career was spanned. I couldn't believe how far her career spanned. And I had never really heard of Joan Bennett. I was just like, hmm, interesting. But she was very uh, the the camera loved her. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. had a look. Here's a nerd alert. Her husband. This is in 1951, so this is a year after the movie. Her husband shot her agent across the street from a police station because he thought that Joan and her agent were having an affair. Uh-oh. The agent lived. He was just wounded and she ended up staying with her husband um, until 1965. And her husband was sentenced to four months in jail. (laughs) Wow. And the agent, I'm assuming, was a white man. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was just a whole. Well, he lived. So, you know. Yeah. And then later on, um, Joan made the comment about how, you know, in the 70s and 80s, she was like, man, if that had happened to me now, I would be such a big deal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like everybody would know who Joan Bennett was because yeah. it really that really put uh, kind of the kibosh on her career. Oh, because well, it was a yeah, scandal. Nobody, yeah. Nobody wanted to get be the next person to get shot. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Because just the way that they handled scandals in the 50s compared to the way that they have handled scandals in the modern times. And she was just she was just funny with it and good and good hearted. Like she wasn't angry about it. She just matter of factly stated it's interesting to compare and contrast because if my husband shot my agent now, I I would have to be turning down offers. Exactly. You know? She'd um, get a reality show very least and then she would finagle that into some sort of alcoholic beverage line i'm sure exactly elizabeth taylor as Kay banks i believe she's about 
17, 18, 18. Was she really? But she looked like she could have been in her 20s. Yeah. I know. Also, she's a dame. So, excuse me, let me put some respect on that name. Dame Elizabeth Taylor. Who decides that you're a dame? Well, the British monarch. There ain't nothing like a dame. But I thought it was interesting because I always thought that she was just straight up American. But it turns out she was born in London to American parents. So she has a me situation going. Dual citizenship. Yeah. So that's how she was able to become a dame. This was her transition into adult roles. Because I don't know if people realize that Elizabeth Taylor was a child star. Yeah. Yeah. Hence the seven marriages. Yes. She was in National Velvet, A Place in the Sun. And then she did this movie. And then she went on to do Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, (sighs) Giant, and Butterfield 8. Just to name a few. Oh, my God. She was in so much. And have such a crazy story, great history. The things that she did for AIDS in the 80s, oh, she yeah. was the like she was the one that, that made it a point to be like, you can touch and hug people. This isn't this that's not the way that it's transmitted. And I also would venture to say she's the number one celebrity name to lame your children after. If your name oh, is Taylor. Really? I know an Elizabeth Taylor. And that show, like, My Favorite Murder was just promoting their new beauty podcast, and one of their names is Elizabeth Taylor. Well, you could only... So that's only two, but I'm sure there's more out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you could only hope to be half as beautiful. I mean, yeah. she comes on the screen, and right away, you, you oh don't see anything gosh. else. And this is black and white, and you could still tell that her eyes weren't just blue, that there was something going on there. <laughs> that's well, debatable. <laughs> I I was. That's always that's always uh, transfixed me about Elizabeth Taylor is her eyes. Are they violet? Are they violet or are they just blue? I mean, because you know when you got shark eyes, those kind of things are <laughs> you find them very fascinating. We have Don Taylor as Buckley Dunstan. He was in The Naked City, Stalag 17, and he went on to have a directing career. He directed Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Oh. This is hilarious to me because when I watched the movie, I was like, oh, look at that actress who's doing the Glinda the Good Witch voice from The Wizard of Oz. No, it really was Glinda. Turns out it was. It's Billy Burke. She was Doris Dunstan. AKA Glenda the Good Witch in The Wizard of Oz. Oh. She was also in Dinner at Eight and yes. A Bill of Divorcement. She Mar- was in something we just did recently uh, or um, a year ago. The Wizard, the Wizard of, of Oz? Oz? <laughs> if I could smack two people <laughs> across this <laughs> Skype podcast, I would give me some credit. <laughs> Okay. Probably. Listener, chime in. (laughs) (laughs) Megan, what was it? Because I remember saying I heard that voice and I knew it was Glinda. Maroney Olsen played Herbert Dunstan. He was also a notorious Mildred Pierce. And he was the senior angel voice in It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, really? Well, that's interesting. He's also the uncredited voice of the magic mirror in Snow White and the <gasps> Seven Dwarves. 
Wow. <laughs> I'm glad I blew your mind on that. You did. I never thought about I just thought it was the mirror talking. <laughs> Classic. We have Marietta Canty as Delilah. She was in over 40 films from 1940 to 1955, including Rebel Without a Cause, which we did, Home Sweet Homicide, which I just had to put down based on the title alone, Home Sweet Homicide. She was uncredited in The Bad and the Beautiful. She was probably uncredited in several of those films. Oh, oh a ton. Most and of let them. me try to figure out what could have been her part in every single one of them. Spoiler alert, we'll get to it. We have our own section of the podcast for that. Yes, we do. <laughs> so Russ Tamlin was Tommy Banks. He was in Peyton Place, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. He was also in Twin Peaks. And he is the father of Amber Tamlin. I was just going to ask that if he was. Who started out in my soap opera back in the day, General Hospital. I believe because it was yours, it was ours. I got to wake up from my nap and watch General Hospital, which... You don't tell parents. Don't tell people. I had you watching soap operas when you were also napping. We these are things we keep in the family. Ma, you had me nap during One Life to Live because you were like, "Eh, it's these are these were the lean One Life to Live years. You needed to watch Erica Kane, and then you needed to wake up to watch Elizabeth Taylor. I think that's excellent parenting. Excuse me. Well, there you go. That's this podcast. Yeah, you're you're very snobby. You're like skip the schlock in the middle. It was it was all schlock. Truth be told. And Leo G. Carroll as Mr. Masula. He was in North by Northwest, Spellbound, and Strangers on a Train, just to name a few. Yes, he was very familiar. Yeah, he was. He's been in a lot of Alfred Hitchcock films. Well, this is the story. Of the haves, H-A-V-E-S, versus the have-nots in 1950. We begin with the ravages of a wedding that looked like a brawl took place. And Spencer Tracy is in a chair telling the camera how this whole wedding mess started. We meet his family, two sons, his only daughter, Kay, his perfect wife in their perfect colonial home with their black housekeeper, Delilah. We learn over dinner one night that Kay is talking about Buckley, and then Dad asks, are you going to marry him? And just like that, it's time to plan a wedding. Yeah, They haven't even met him. Well, no, the mother has met him. The father's the father has has met him. Yeah, just doesn't remember. Oh, so it wasn't an Adam situation coming in the door. Um, okay. That night, the father of the bride can't sleep, imagining the worst scenarios about Buckley, since they haven't met him. I mean, they've met him, but they haven't spent any time with him. Okay. He then pulls the toxic masculinity trick of purposefully banging things around to wake his wife and typically gets it all off of his chest, is back snoring, leaving her awake. 
the rest of the night. <laughs> well, that yeah, that was a clever move on his part. It just made me chuckle. <laughs> the father suggested, actually, the mother suggests that the father should have a talk with Buckley. That does happen. And uh, typically, the father spends the whole time talking about himself and doesn't get any of the answers he wanted from Buckley. Now it's time to meet the in-laws. I remember meeting the in-laws, who are just as well off as are they. Oh, no. I think they're more well off. Yeah, I thought they were well off. Yeah, they were, like... The um the banks are rich. The Dunstans, I believe, are filthy rich. I, I believe they're old money. Yeah. Oh, the banks are rich? I thought they were just, like, normal. I like, thought upper middle class. Because if he was rich, why would he be worrying so much about the cost? Because right. that's why he's rich. Right. It be It's five years after World War II. And they have that huge colonial. That's, that's some money. He's okay. he's a very high end up. I bet he's a partner at a law firm. Like he works at a law firm in the city. Yes, which is probably New York City. He's done quite well for himself. He has three kids. Yeah, as a housekeeper, like they're they are. V- <laughs> if that's middle class, guys. Well, then, yeah. I hate to say where you grew up. Yeah. Um, and so they are a few seeing how much they love each other's child. And Stanley says, we did more bare-faced lying in those few minutes than we had in our entire lives. <laughs> and that is laying the groundwork for Father of the Bride. We are now to our POC count, nice, lonely, number one. Oh, I have two. No, there's two, ma. The driver? Was he the driver? He was the Pullman Porter. Oh, yeah, for the the train station. He was probably called George because all the Pullman Porters were called George because, you know, heaven forbid anybody learn anybody else's name and treat them like a human being. Remember the Pullman Porter? I don't. Like, kind of at the end, I think. It was, like, at the very end. It yeah. had to be the very end when they, they were at the train, train station. station. Mm-hmm. He's just in the okay, background. I had quit taking notes at that point. Yeah, he doesn't say anything. And then the main uh, person of color is what Spencer Tracy calls our Delilah. Our Delilah. She was delighted to be their Delilah. <sighs> she did have a uh, a line that consisted of more than one sentence. So we are to the power of caste, and someone even called her their domestic staff. And I'll bet they thought they were so progressive, calling her domestic staff. Oh yeah, they they treat they thought that she was they treated her like she was a part of the family. She went to the wedding. She sat in in their row mm-hmm. at the wedding. Like she didn't have to sit in, in upstairs. Yeah. So in the for the peanuts. That please, Ma. That wedding did not have a peanut gallery. <laughs> Come on, it was Delilah. Delilah lifts up, takes a look around, and is like, "Yep, that's about right." Yeah. 
Here we go again. And then Delilah goes, I wonder if the potato salad's going to have raisins in it. <laughs> Very possible. I have, so th- this movie is about the the top cast. The they're, not the, they're not the, the complete tippy-tippy top, but they, they are, are definitely the in the... Yeah, but yeah. And then I did wonder if it meant something, if there was some sort of signifier that the Dunstans made was white. You know, uh, when they, when they uh, yes. went there and yes, they opened I the door? Yes, I did take notice of that. Wait, does that mean you're you're even higher up in the cast? Because you can have a white person waiting on you. I just, I do, I wonder, is that a, huh. a thing? Because then I, I don't I would know. believe it, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and she didn't have an Irish sense. accent. She, I, I'm guessing, though, that she would have to be Irish. <laughs> what, you're, you think she's British? Come on, get out of here with that. She's got to be Irish or German. Yeah, that's true. You know. Um, and then, okay, if they're so well off, though... Why didn't they have the reception someplace Somewhere else? That's why I didn't buy that they were that well off. Yeah. He was. I mean, I get that he's probably making a lot of money and, like, he's a lawyer, but that's, if you're living in Connecticut, that's just expensive and you've got three kids. I don't know. And you gotta send those boys to college. I just didn't think, I just got the impression that they weren't, like, rich, rich. They weren't as rich as the as as Dunstans were. Yeah, but still, when they looked at the money, all of the they had to hire all of the people to to pull pull out the furniture. They had to hire all of the catering. They had to hire all of the wait staff. Then th- there was a scene. You know, it's great Vincent Minnelli doing his thing, all of the choreographing, everybody coming uh-huh. in and setting up, and the the scenic people who have all the flowers are like, "You're renting them. They're not yours." But then at the very end of the film, I don't know. They go, "Oh, we better help. We don't want Delilah to have to clean up this entire mess." What? Why would yeah the caterers the- didn't clean up afterward? That's not included. Sometimes that's not included. Oh, you would know. Look, I could tell you. Sometimes it's not included. Oh my God, wow. I didn't know. At one of my friend's weddings, I remember we all had to stay and help clean up. <laughs> Thank goodness you guys didn't have to. Maybe they did, and we don't even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, tell me grandma didn't have to stay and help clean up. <laughs> <laughs> I would have helped. I was still sober. I tried so hard to get drunk. I couldn't get drunk that night. I was drinking straight tequila and I couldn't get drunk that <laughs> night. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. really disappointing. I know. I was really, really disappointed, disappointed in, in myself. You. I was disappointed in myself. It was just so perfect. I didn't need to be drunk. That's what I felt like. It was oh. just good. It was yeah, just me too. so good. So now we are ready for nerd alerts. Okay. So this is 1950 to paint. <clears throat> sorry, to paint a picture. We have um, two Viet Minh battalions attacked a French base in French Indochina. Um, that is what they called the area that is now Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos. So this is the beginning of the Vietnam War? 
colonization. What could go wrong? <clears throat> yeah, it is. Uh, 1950. The Cold War is in full effect. Go ahead, Ma. You had. You look like you had a question. When was the Korean War? Oh, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, Egypt demands Britain remove all troops from the Suez Canal. Ouch. What are you doing in Egypt? So this was still King George, right? Elizabeth hadn't been coron- coronationed yet. Yeah, because she gets in in like 52, right? 52, that's what I yeah. thought. Um, South Africa... The Group Areas Act is passed, which formally segregates the races. Yeah, there you go. Because you white people came and just took over here, too. Yeah. Good colonization. Um, the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel is formally open to traffic in New York City. Oh. In June, the Korean War begins. That's when it, it pops off. It okay. Isn't necessarily when the U.S. gets involved, but that is when right. the, uh, what is it, the 38th parallel, whatever that's called, what's now like the DMZ zone, that was crossed in June 1950 and okay. started all sorts of stuff. We got MASH out of it. Yeah, we did. So this film is, the, because this film comes out right around that time when that's happening, so this is the sweet spot of American where uh-huh. they finished they're victorious and if you were in a certain cast this was your time uh-huh. this is what people refer to as making America great again uh, don't don't look too closely though <laughs> nothing yeah. don't lift up the rock and and see what's really underneath uh, right, right nothing right, to see right. here folks right uh, the top North American films number five was Cinderella number four was cheaper by the dozen. Number three was wait cheaper by the dozen was like a slow, Lucille slow Ball, right? Movies was it Lucille Ball and cheaper by the dozen back then? Uh, Annie, get your gun is number three. Number two is King Solomon's Mines, and the number one box office champ for 1950 is Samson and Delilah. Damn. Now, Father of the Bride was number seven. So it did fantastic. So for the films that came out in 1950, you had the 23rd Academy Awards. And the Best Picture nominees were Sunset Boulevard, King Solomon's Mines, Father of the Bride, Born Yesterday, and the winner, a film that we've done, All About Eve. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So those are my nerd alerts. Actually, it was Myrna Loy and Clifton Webb in Cheaper by the Dozen. One hour, 25 minutes, I'm just saying. Okay, Christine, do you have any nerd alerts? Yeah, I do. I guess this falls here. I just did some digging into being married in 1950. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I watched a short video called tips for a happy marriage. Now this seemed to be a little bit more of a progressive thing. And it seemed like there was a group of people coming into the 1950s where they were trying to have more of a even playing field in the, in the marriage. And it wasn't just like, well, I think that that's because if you're looking at it from a historical context, that the men had gone off and fought in World War II and were overseas. And so the women 
were forced to, for the first time, I want to say forced, but were able to, and, and kind of had to, so maybe it is forced, in order to put food on the table and take care of their families, that they went outside of the home and started exactly. working. And was Rosie the like, Riveter. Exactly. It's like, oh, I, I like this. I like being able to, to work. I mm -hmm. like this independence from this. Maybe. And then the men come home. They've got some issues. I don't know if people, if your video goes into what they have to deal with. But then the women are like, ah, we need to have a discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where we are. And um, now for this one, it said that there are no bosses in a modern marriage. No oh, one. If only. No one who is right all the time or even most of the time. Really? No, no slaves or people who feel pushed around or even, even all or even part of the time. Moderns are rather proud of being free. Now these you're calling, yeah, this is for moderns. That's what they're calling themselves. And they showed a video, it was like, Rita and Tim are home for the night, but there's a knock at the door and they're not expecting someone. It's Sam, he's outside. And it's like, uh, Rita doesn't want to be bothered tonight, but Tim knows that he might need Sam's vote in the meeting coming up on Monday. Mm. So he bites him in and Sam. he got to get Sally out of the car and neither of the women particularly want to do it, but they know it's going to better their husband's careers in the long run. So they do it. It's all about uh, the women making compromises in the end. Exactly. <laughs> um, Has that ever changed? Yeah. Um, but it says that it's uh, marriage is an institute for adults, all about a giving husband and wife who have learned to give freely to each other and their family have learned the secret of a happy marriage. Mar and then it ended and it said marriage is still a goal for moderns. So it seemed like it was reaching out wow. to all these women who were like, wait a second, I don't need a man. I can work for myself. I don't need to get married. I watched another video that was... 24 minutes long of called our first year of marriage. This woman, they moved into, they moved into each other or with each other, like right after the wedding. First mistake there. You got to live with each other before you get married. Agree. Yes. I don't, Agree. I never understood and that. And oddly enough, I still know people that have done that. Like, Even crazy. I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> but the best part of the, so they, so this couple got married and then it was, this was from the wife's perspective. And she was like, and she was like telling you how to survive your first year of marriage as a woman. And she was like, so the house has all been taken care of. Um, his mother live, or I guess the father too, but his parents live in a two family home. So they moved in, they moved in into one of the levels of that home. So their housing was all taken care of. And then the husband's job was taken care of because he's going to be working for her father at her father's business. So <laughs> then the best part of it, of this, she said, another potential trouble is your in-laws. <laughs> and she starts talking about her mother-in-law and how, um, so the, she wants to have a bridge night for her friends and the 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 husband's like we should invite mom and she's like okay and then the mom brings a cake and then it's all about the mother-in-law and then she's like then um my husband started stopping 
it seemed like every night he was stopping at his mother's place, like, because she lived downstairs before coming home. So dinner was getting cold because he was stopping at Ma to see his mom every night. And then she's like, soon enough, my mother-in-law was copying everything I was doing. <laughs> oh. Like, all about how troublesome it could be. But then... Um, yeah, think. And then, so and then the husband's like, I've got news there's a potential job out we're gonna have to move and he's like i just hate to say it like your family has been way too much and he tries to tell it to the to the wife i don't know it's just and then i watched another thing called are you ready for marriage and it was this young couple who had known each other for three months but they were totally in love trying to get counseling three months yeah they were in lust mm-hmm um so that's where it seems like, you know, there was a whole group of people who were trying to be independent women and didn't need to get married. But then there was still this other group who's like hanging on to these old fashioned values. So then I started looking into the cost of the wedding because um, yes. they talk a little, they, they mentioned a couple costs in the movie. Mm-hmm. 375 per person, right? Yeah, it was frustrating because... Everything you Google online wants to tell you about the 1991 Father of the Bride. Yes. Instead of this one. Agree. Yes. Um, which I kind of hate Steve Martin, so I didn't watch that one. But Oh, that's a take. Okay. Kind of annoys me. He's funny. We might need we I might need a moment, that. but we're gonna you know, we love you more, so we'll go. We'll and that go. could be an idea in my head that he you know, it's yeah. just like, it's a very specific type of movie. Right. Yeah, and that's also thinking of because I mean that would be great for us to do because you know Ma, we kind of miss Steve Martin's when he was the young hip comic. Like I, like I know it from you telling. No, I did. Yeah, you did. I yeah, mean, we, I know. Oh. Like I've seen the jerk, and you were always telling me like Steve Martin, he's hilarious. So that's why I got into it because you and my dad were of his generation his time Saturday Night Live when he hit the arrow on his yeah but if phone. you're I probably if, actually love him and I just don't yeah know if you're watching him from his movies now <clears throat> now but like you know Father of the Bride I can see how you yeah. have that yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish I one after this but I don't have time um oh yeah that's true so anyways I mean they start talking about there's 500 people on the list to invite. And then they're like, we can narrow it down to 250 people for the reception. So then they start telling him it's 375 ahead, which and 1950 would be $937.50 for that many people, which today would be almost $11,000. Yeah. But I think now the average cost of a person at your wedding is like $70. That doesn't surprise me. I, I thought about your family the entire time. And, <laughs> and I was happy to be the mother of the group. <laughs> well, it's, and then $85 for an orchestra would be $934 today. Wow. Which seems about right. $150 for the suit would be $1,600 today. And that was yes. really the only thing that they said, but that already puts you to like $14,000 and that's just for the food 
and drink the orchestra and the suit. We haven't even gotten to the dress or anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. So then I just started looking at costs of weddings back then and now. And one of the things I was reading in the late 40s, a large wedding cost about $2,500 and took about three months to plan. And this is a part that I wrote down because I was in, I noticed this in the movie. It said wedding gifts were displayed at the reception because I was wondering when they were getting their gifts and they were like opening all of them up and displaying them on the table. Yeah. Um, so I guess you just display. We that. saw that in Philadelphia story too. Mm. Oh, but also yeah. like, did you have a, I didn't see, like, was there a, a registry or you just got whatever the fuck people gave you? I don't know because in 1975, I didn't have a registry. I mean, so there was my no registry. You just got what people gave you. I think I, that it was. That's one of those cast things where the people yes. within that cast know what they're supposed to give people. And, and it was displayed with the with the giver's name with it, so that everybody would go and see. Oh, this is what they gave this is what they so it was like a one-upsmanship type thing which is brilliant if you're the recipient you know if you're the recipient you're also on the other end of that like you're on the hook for when it's yeah somebody else's wedding and you get invited to it but i do have a question like of what teeny was saying i wonder then within it's not like i know but within that cast how people would know i'm sure they were duplicates but just how the did people just get five sets of silverware yes yeah i think you did like i got and i'm sure that i would be interested in the um history of like i'm sure that when macy's and like well i'm sure i would imagine like places like macy's played a big deal in wedding registries and like Mm -hmm. helped them up with it and so okay one of the interesting things was that the price, I, there's a whole article about um, weddings in 1939 versus 2013. So oh. it's pretty similar. But yeah. um, the average price of a wedding in 2013 was $29,548. And in the 30s, the average cost was $392, which even in today was only is only like $6,500. Um, right. And one of the interesting things, though, is the price that you pay for wedding gowns has stayed about the same. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, in today's dollars, like in uh, inflation adjustments, but in the 30s, brides paid just a little less than we did uh, it was about a thousand dollars in today's dollars compared to 2013's average of twelve hundred dollars which i 100 percent know that that has gone way up now oh yeah um the groom's suit has actually come down in price um because you standardized don't feel that the need to wear tails yeah and labor is cheap and you don't have to get everything custom made mm-hmm. um Ring cost has gone from $1,800. All this is like adjusted for inflation. So uh-huh. what would be $1,800 today, the average price of an engagement ring is $5,600. Get wow. out of here. Wow. 
Um, yeah, and everybody wants, you know, the ring with the the big ass diamond and then diamonds around it and then diamonds around the ring yeah. too. Um, party favors were not big back then, but if they <laughs> did, they were about $285. And today the average cost is $2,000 on favors. Party favors. And they're probably not the party favors I'm thinking of. No, they aren't. <laughs> I thought your party favors were perfect. $100. Although I didn't win a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, and also I, I don't know. I just, I was watching everything with the wedding. I'm like, yes, it's like, it all still rings true, but how much less stressful that it would have like, just the fact that like, nobody ever saw your pictures except for you. Right. Like, I feel like now, like 2020, I mean, just the past couple of years, like you, Everybody has to be bigger and better than the next one. Yes. And like, yes, everybody is going to see that those pictures of your wedding that you put on Instagram and Facebook and all of that. And you pay for videographers and like, it's like you pay for people to do your makeup. You pay for people to do your hair and like people didn't, you have to pay for a social media person. And, uh, I don't know. I just think that the my uh, my LVP. I'll go into it now. My LVP is modern weddings. Yeah, I agree. There's a girl in. Um, I'm just doing my LVP now. This section is Christine's LVP. Um, <laughs> She's allowed. There's She's a the boss girl in. Uh, that I saw a news article about, and she has, she planned and paid for this whole wedding, and then COVID hit. And she lost her dad or he lost his, her fiance lost his dad or something. So they, I don't know if it was to COVID or what, but anyway, they ended up doing like a small outdoor family only wedding up in like Connecticut or something like that. But she'd are, she's already paid for a wedding that's in Brooklyn five months from now. So her dad was like, you should sell it on Craigslist. And she was like, I can't, that people don't use Craigslist anymore, but I bet I can go to TikTok. And so she made this video on TikTok. And she's basically selling her wedding like as like a boxed wedding where you have wow. the venue, you have the vendors, you have the photographer. She was like, they can even have my dress if they're the right size. Um, right. Oh, wow. $15,000. And she was like, I, you know, I just need people to know, like, this isn't like a glamorous New York City wedding, but if you have good taste and she was like, they need to know the pros and cons. It's a $15,000 Brooklyn mm -hmm. wedding. So it's not going to be, you know, glitz and glamour, but for 80 people. And uh, I think she, I saw today that she'd narrowed it down to like, she had 10 couples apply. And so she's narrowed, she's interviewing like three of them or something this week. Oh, outstanding. It's a win-win. Yeah. I know. I would, oh my God. I would love, have loved to be like, everything's done. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and it is with the haves, with, uh, you know, the caste system, the people who are in that, it is competitive. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, there is a show on uh, probably Bravo for weddings where four oh, yeah. people are I competing against each other for the best wedding. And yeah. then they get this huge honey. I mean, oh, my God. I saw that at Teeny's place. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating because these are real people. So we're not talking about 
you know, uh, supermodels coming in wearing the dresses. We're talking about real people wearing these dresses that are outrageously. Well, because it's the one time probably in their life wherein they will get to be like, ah, I'm like, this is my time to feel like I'm Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, as and opposed it, to me, and I was so happy to get through it without anybody getting shot that life was good. Well, I, I'll go into my LVP because it dovetails in exactly what Tini was saying. My LVP was consumerism. Yeah. yeah. Consumerism. Is that a word? It is. <laughs> yes, okay. It's yes, not one exactly. of our made-up words. It, because it it's just... it's It just is feeding into that thing of in order for something to be valuable it's mm. the whole the look at what i brought look at how much money it is and all of that for something that is, is kardashian very, culture that's what it's, i call it's it very fleeting but it in order for you to have success here's what successful people have if you don't have these things then you're not successful yeah and then and it stops the- in but the answer to everything is money because then there's all these people are making all this money off of, Oh, you can't afford it. Here's a credit card. Here's credit. Mm-hmm. Here you go. And, and, like, and they yeah. don't teach credit. They don't teach credit no. or anything like that in school. So people don't know. Like, thank God about you and Poppy. When I got to college and I was on the Drexel campus that fall, I mean the whole time really, but especially like that fall, Every it's a table with just little stupid ass tchotchkes, but you know you're a, a eighteen year old kid. You don't know anything. You're like, how do I get that T-shirt? And they're like, here, sign up for it. But oh, it's and people. A lot of parents don't teach kids about credit because they don't know because it's not something that's in the curriculum. It's not free money. Like APR. It's, it's more like it's actually more money and that's just a thing of it just goes into this thing of the consumerism and the Uh more that you have and putting your value into stuff it is just stuff exactly Mm -hmm. that and social media will be my lvp Uh because that's the only reason that i think weddings have taken off the way they have because of that because now you got to put your picture up there for everybody to be like, oh, look at that. Look at what they had their bridesmaids wear. And look what they did that. And look at that. And, ugh. But I will add that in 1950, you could get married in Vegas for about $87. Um, $25 for the chapel. $25 for the dress. Uh, $10 photos. $14 bouquet. And a free one-night stay at the last frontier. Yeah, see? I remember Teeny, we were on the bus and I was like, guys, I'm here. I'm I this. know. I tried to tell Adam to one night. We almost <laughs> we can we can get this done right now. I want to thank you for uh, because I know you said your mother would never forgive you. And I would have totally forgiven you, but I'm really glad we got to experience the wedding we did. Yeah, it was very Yeah. Good. And there ends my rant of weddings. So now we're to our worst reheatables from the movie. Buckley is a name. Buckley, Buckley is a name. He said, what's his last name? I hope it's better than his first one. Mm-hmm. So Buckley isn't a nickname. That's no. a, He was born and they came out and they're like, that's Buckley. Buckley Dunstan. Probably her maiden name. 
People did that a lot. Oh, wow. Like Adam could have been Weber. Oh, my mom did try to name my brother Stone. That's, but that's doable. It's kind of cool, yeah. Well, my dad thought it was not. <laughs> Just well. another reason why I love him. <laughs> when her mom said she'll make a beautiful bride she is just the right coloring and figure yes because she <laughs> did yeah also yeah so does everyone ma'am yes well that that could be power of cast as well but yeah. also your daughter's elizabeth taylor so yeah, yeah. A also, I just saw the episode of Golden Girls last night where Blanche's daughter comes home and she'd gained all that weight. <gasps> oh, I haven't oh seen that. God, they were so mean. Oh. Um, old fashioned rigmarole, like discussing earnings before it, like before you got married. <laughs> yes, I think that's pretty smart, though, especially in nowadays knowing the debt. Like, how much debt are you carrying? I would want to well, know Well, yeah, it's good. Yeah, you should have the discussion as um, a, a couple. A couple that you don't but need to involve But your dad it. doesn't need to know. No, but I did. Well, I'll save it. Okay. I, I get it. But I. But if you're looking at it from his point of view, that's his daughter. I, I want to know who's taking care of my daughter. That's how yeah, he Yeah, but like, nobody's taking care of me. Yes. You yeah. don't need nobody to take care, care of you. Did Adam no. talk to your father before he... About his wages? No. <laughs> no, not uh, about his wages. But asking uh, Yeah, him, he did, I think. Did he? he did. I, I, he I hoped him. he did. The whole time I hoped he did. Yeah, he sure did. That makes me proud. As opposed to last week when I wasn't so proud. When Christine was walking with her shoes in her hand and Adam goes, you know... She ain't complaining yet. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which listeners that happened 10 years ago, not last week, but we discussed it. <laughs> yes. And I'm still I'm still cringing, but okay. Uh when she she said, It's a church wedding. It's what every girl dreams of. My only dream was I was like, I that's my one thing is I'm not getting married in a church. That's oh, my girl. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I'm not gonna dance at my reception. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, going only one place for a honeymoon? Just go both. Yeah. You know, he wants yeah. to go fishing in Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. You want to go to Vegas? Do both. Yeah. Sure. I thought your um, um, what is it when your your <laughs> not rosary your um list of what you wanted for your wedding? Was just to add on to, yeah, registry <laughs> was to add on to whatever you were doing on your honeymoon. I thought that was brilliant. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, walking, oh, she said, walking down the aisle, about walking down the aisle. Every time I think about it, I break into a cold sweat. <laughs> I felt her. She wasn't nervous about getting married. Neither was I. It's the whole process of it. The, the whole rigmarole. The yeah. performance. If I wanted to be an actor, I'd have moved to LA. Yeah. Those are my negatives. Erin? My negatives. Throwing rice at weddings. Yeah. That's, that's a that... no-no now, right? Is it? Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Because the birds eat it, and then oh. um, the when man. it gets in their gullets, it expands. 
because rice expands with moisture mm. and yeah, could kill them. Uh, all right, we already mentioned this, but Delilah gonna have to clean up the whole wedding by herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the fact that they were doing, I that's a positive for me because they said let's do it so she doesn't have to. Yeah, that that is a positive, but I don't think that 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 Delilah should be the default there. I I, I sort of felt that like that should have been in one of the wedding plans, like how exactly we earlier. But he's going. Where can we cut corners? Here's one place. Yeah, because we got our Delilah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I listened to what's that podcast called? Teeny Film versus Book or Book Book versus Film podcast. Oh, oh, pre- something or I well, I uh, listened to it on Adapter Parish or something. It was, it was a different one. Oh, okay, it was just it's either book versus film or film versus. Oh, because I saw that one had a had one, but it was about the 1999, 1999 one version. Well, they had they said that the book really made fun of they said it was a delightful book and it was very fast easy read and that the book really made fun of the wealth that the banks family had and really oh. kind of like that was one of the things that's kind of like skewering and making fun of the wealth mm-hmm. and i just wasn't sure that that kind of came across and even in our discussions i think we're all torn in how wealthy the banks were i think that they yeah. that they're more well off than you all do. He had a secretary and he was planning his wedding at work. Yeah. I agree with you. With, there are people who, if you, I don't know, if you come from old money, like people who come from old, old money, they don't dress in the latest designer fashions. They don't carry designer handbags because they are securing their wealth. They don't don't need to show it to other people. Right. And new wealth tends to do that more. The nouveau riche. Um, yeah. I mean, but he was... But, yeah, I guess it makes sense. They were wealthy, but He's they were He's not a still, millionaire but, or anything. Yeah, exactly. they're not like... They're not like Trump wealth. But they're... No, they actually have money in the bank. Yeah, I guess <laughs> they're not bankrupt yet. But, okay, yeah, so they're yeah. not like... Bezos wealth. Yes. They're exactly. like, we're wealthy, but also part of the reason we have all this wealth is like, we're careful. Yeah. Yeah. And we have three freaking kids to pay for. Yes. Yes. Not but worried about only- her college education. But- exactly. But he just spent her college education on this wedding. I had a friend, my a very good friend, my freshman year in college. It was. D- for her, her parents said, do you want a wedding or do you want a college education? She chose the wedding. Oh. Have you seen, have we talked about mortgage or marriage on Netflix? No. Oh my God, you gotta watch it. You're gonna love it. It's only one season. And the whole season, it it was filmed last year. And the whole premise of the show, they've got these two slightly annoying redhead chicks from Nashville. And one of them is the realtor and one of them is the wedding planner. And so they meet with a couple. And so the couples are like, here's where we stand. We're engaged. 
nine times out of ten, one of them wants a wedding, one of them wants a house, whatever. They all have like thirty around thirty thousand dollars to spend. So they're either going to use it on a down payment or a house, or they use it for the wedding. The realtor shows them like three houses. Oh my god! And she gets like so real so like she'll like set up some of the rooms, and like one of the girls has uh like can't have kids so they really want kids so she was gonna go through in vitro so oh. she like staged one of the rooms as like a nursery no. with like <gasps> all it's like shit like that and then but then they show um then the other lady takes them to like the venue and then i mean it oh, also wow it's good because the first episode is really good because i think it's the first episode where the girl is like so shocked about how much everything costs when they take her to like yeah. these venues and everything you know they're like we want a food truck and we want this and we want that and it's like okay the food truck's gonna be like four thousand dollars <laughs> like mm-hmm. um but it's shocking the amount of people on that show that chose wedding yeah, i mean the wedding. honestly in their defense none of the houses were anything to like you know, unless it's going to be like, this is my forever home. This is an amazing house. It's got literally everything I yeah. want. And yeah. there weren't, you know, it's not like these are like super rich people on here. They're all like probably $300,000 budget for a house, but. I see a new obsession. Well, that is interesting because, but then it is wedding, which is experience. But I guess it's not because house is, house is the way that you accumulate wealth in this country it all depends on where you are in life like yeah Uh i mean because when i put it when i i am when you say the premise i'm like oh they're damn fools if they choose a wedding yeah but if you kind of look at it it's like but maybe they're choosing an experience and if they're damn fools for choosing it then anyone's a fool like it's you know I remember my sister had a friend who got married and instead of an engagement ring, they got a couch for their house. Now the couch is going to wear out and you're going to get rid of it. If it were a down payment on the house. Yeah. That's different from a, um, something that's going to actually wear out and you're going to get rid of, you know? Yeah. If it were something you were going to keep forever, that yeah so but maybe it's but maybe they didn't end up staying together and she had to go out into her another apartment by herself and she had a couch and that was one thing she didn't need to buy it's you the bottom line is you need to know yourself take Uh take other people's expectations out of it and do Uh what is right for you yeah but you should watch the show it's a pretty it's a pretty good show I'm good. It's interesting to watch the way people think. Some I'm of them gonna. are in situations when you're like, they're going to choose the house. They got to choose the house. They're like, we choose wedding. It's like, oh God, okay. But then it's like, also when they filmed it. So like, I think it's the one of the couples that chose wedding after all of that. It was like, due to the pandemic. They oh, <laughs> yeah. Wedding, anyway. Or the people who, the, the, the final wedding, the huge event is rained out by a hurricane, you know? Yeah. It's things that you can't foresee. I had a quite cost-effective wedding. Thank you very much. Well, I mean... Good for you. I bought my dress at Casual Corner, so... Are you kidding me? No, I... It's very... It's like a scrunchie. I saw it. 
It, it was, was very it the was, scrunchy material. Like it was eyelid, scrunchy. Yeah, eyelid cotton. It was perfect for what we were doing. It looked like a wedding dress. It did. It, I feel like. It, although I've it looked like picture. any dress in 1975. You could have worn it to a, a garden party. You could have worn it to a picnic. It worked for me. Okay, are you done with your reheatables, Erin? Yes. My negatives. Um, Stanley over talking when he was with the groom. My God, shut the fuck up. When he got drunk at the in-laws house. Oh, so my second negative is, is it ever too early for a martini? I know, bitch. My third is an engagement party period but he didn't hire a bartender yeah. so he was I mean, that was there all the damn time agreed uh, you know cost of weddings of course and then june at was it june allen was she the mom no that was it was joan 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 bennett. bennett she must have had really narrow hips because everything they put her in had those cut pockets that made her hips stick out more. She probably had a, a hip taken out in the old Probably system. had the hip bones taken yeah. out. This was an Be- MGM, LB, Louis B. Mayer. He was taking bones out of women left and right. Because I'm good. going, why would anybody put that on? She looked great in it. The, her mother of the bride dress had the little floof come out. Um... The reception at your house. Yeah. And then cigarettes on plates. When people used to put their cigarettes out in the leftover food or on a yeah, dinner ew, plate. That's disgusting. So disgusting. Oh. So we are to positive reheatable. Well, what did I put for that? <laughs> I cannot wait. <laughs> Um, when the dad had no clue who Buckley was, never heard of him. And she's like, well, of course you have. He's been here a million times. That's everything. My mom, I was talking to my mom a few weeks ago, and she was like, I was telling your father that I know the reason why. Because he, he was like, well, don't you remember? He'll remember things about the two of them or like a house they lived in or something like that. And she's like, no, I had to clear out that space in my memory because I had to remember the doctor's appointments and all of the people on their sports teams and all that's of their a, friends. Yes, and that's a great she was point. like, you never remembered any of those things. So well that's done, why I Rita. can't remember shit from the first apartment we ever lived in together. Rita is yes. my MVP right now. <laughs> yeah, and my dad can... I, and then, but then... I call him. He's been volunteering at the COVID clinics at their church. And he wants to tell me about every single person who comes through there. Like, I should know who they are. And I'm like, I haven't gone to church there in 20 years. How would I remember who these people are? At one point, somebody says the word poop-a-doop. Oh. (laughs) And so I thought that was funny, and I wrote it down. Um, the Dunstan's bar setup when that they is pulled my, that's it. That's my up. number one readable. Yeah, you just pull it up and everything is there. I could see you put that. It down you could make the... that in there in your dining room on that. Your husband can make that for you. Yeah, that oh. thing right there, Ma. That thing yeah, right there. To the left of you, right of yeah. you. Exactly. 
When, well, when dad offers her $1,500 to elope, my dad had always offered me, he always told me he'd give me, and I think it was $5,000 maybe was what he would give me if, if I would just elope. I probably inflated that number. Maybe it was 1500 So he always he had... told me he would pay me after prom, after he saw how much work prom was. Yeah. He was like, I will pay you to go get married in Vegas. Aww. And if Rita only said, I had known Tim, I would have no. pushed so much Yeah, harder. you and Tim would have gotten it done. Oh, if he had cut me in on that deal. I know. Rita and me were like, give me my moment. Yeah. And then um, a fishing shack in Nova Scotia sounds like a really quaint little getaway. Like, I bet you could get a cute little Airbnb there. I'm down to go that to there on a vacation. Uh, yeah. And then I did enjoy. I did enjoy the nightmare he had about the wedding. Mm-hmm. His comic. Well, I'm sorry. That's wait. I'm gonna wait for that. Okay, we'll pause on that thought. Aaron, positive reheatables. My positive reheatables. Great opening shot. It's just the the panning. And oh the yeah. Panning, just the chaos, and you know that something happened, and it always reminds me what my professor, Professor Abrams, said freshman year screenwriting class it's more interesting to have your character enter through a window than through a door yeah. they come in through the window you're like why did they come through the window and you hooked them so i was like ah Manelli. even um, our wedding reception didn't look like that i'm just saying there were some drunk people after after the wedding reception so move on I like how Mr. Banks, the Spencer Tracy character, he said that he, he was like, oh, I waited until I was 25 to marry. And I'm like, yeah, oh, that's reasonable. And then later on, it slips that his wife was 18 when she yes. married him. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Yes. Yes. Beds. I have I had that somewhere. Yeah, I yeah. You said the that Lucy Ricky beds with the uh-huh. with the nightstand in between. I was just like, just throw on some cowboy doors, and that's that's my grandparents' bedroom. It was indeed. It was indeed. Um, let's see. Oh, I do have this as a good reheatable. How Stanley basically wanted Buckley's tax returns because he wanted to. He's putting all this money for this wedding. This is the well. End- yeah, I will say. Okay, you make a good point. If they're gonna front all the money for the wedding. Which you say you don't envy my parents, but my parents did not do that. That was a joint effort from everyone. So if you're going to front all the money for the wedding and you're going to be the only people paying for it, then yes, you should give your earnings and your tax returns. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And I just, I know it's the patriarchy and stuff, but I did find that, that his dad energy was very sweet because he's doing it because he loves his daughter. He was like, who is this man? Are you up to snuff? Like, what? how are you going to take care of her? How are you going to take care of the children? I, I am handing over to you my most prized possession. It's not something like this is a person that I raised. Who are you? I want to know who this motherfucker is. Like, I like that. Your poppy had to have that talk with Pop. Yeah, exactly. Because he's still going to be like, all right, who are you? Are you up, you know, like I have to feel you out. I, it, it makes sense. It's, you know, you want to know the same reason why when uh, Adam Briggs Hotini, it's like, Hey, who is she? 
What do you bring? Yeah, into I the had table? to go through that with that talk with you, Aaron. I feel like. Yeah. Who 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 is this? Who is this person that you're bringing into the family? She was the one you had to get on your side. I know. Yeah. So, so it's it's just that you. But honestly, I mean, my brother built up. He put in. He invested into the bank of trust. It, you know, nobody came. He didn't come traipsing through all these people. No. When it was, I was like, all right, because because you have not shown me all these floozies. I will see. I will see what it's doing. There were there were a few, but yeah, mm-hmm. not not for me though. No, exactly. Three. The dream sequence that we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, tasty nugget, that was done by Salvador Dali. Really? Yes, the famous artist who is known for having a thing for eyeballs. Oh wow. And um, other disturbing images. And he did a lot of, I don't know, a lot. He, I, I can't quantify. He did film work with Luis Bernal, Brunel. Mm, butchered that. Uh, I'm sure I'll pick one of his movies and really blow everybody's mind at some point. And then he did some other stuff. And then he went and, you know, did the paintings, did the whole melting mm-hmm. clocks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, Mr. Minnelli brought him in for this. And this was his last film work. It was rather freakish, as if you were on a uh, mescaline trip. Oh, okay. uh-huh. you know, I know. we wouldn't know, so I'll trust you on that one. That is very interesting. I uh, yeah, people I, have shared that with me. I <laughs> I wouldn't know personally. Or so people have said. Um, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And then also when Spencer Tracy's character is, they're talking about the suitors, and it's that thing of like, well, wait, which one was it? And it does the uh sequence. Of all the different suitors, was it the one with the teeth? Mm-hmm. Was it the mm-hmm. one? I thought that was very good. Spiky hair. Uh huh. Because it just, I was surprised by how modern and timeless this movie felt. Yes, I was too. It felt like it was still the same today. Yeah. That that exactly. It was everything that my dad would have. I had a boyfriend. They called Lurch. Like they hate like because he looked had a resemblance. So oh. my son was a step up. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I ended up with that. He stepped <laughs> down, I stepped up. No, we go. no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I do you? not agree with that. I do it, not either. I second that non-agreement. It um, was, it was a perfect match. Thank God you two got together. <laughs> it could have gone left so many ways. I was just very happy. <laughs> how he knew how to make all those drinks. We're saying like, yeah, hey, yeah, okay. We didn't even you. have to go to he Google. Was like, no problem, I got it. But he couldn't open a Coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay. Wait, he was like, like, and like he had the ingredients for all of those things. Mm-hmm. Like mint julep, no problem. What? Yeah, because that I, is. I, have hot, mint I mean, julep. you have to. Yeah, but that like he mint. had. You know, he didn't have a mint julep mix. Right. Mm-hmm. And the muddler, you're right. What were you gonna say, Bob? Today at Safeway, I had to walk away from your poppy because uh, Grandmommy's coming, and so he had to buy some Coke, regular Coke, and there was a shopping cart in front of the regular Coke. So he pulled some, and it fell out on the floor and exploded. 
Oh, no. I walked away. I was like, not, I am not into this. I'm going this direction. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Oh, I was going to say, like, Spencer Tracy, though, I don't know if I listened to a bunch of podcasts about him. Wild alcoholic. Yeah. Sounds like a good Yes, he was. So I could totally believe him not knowing how to open a Coke bottle. It's just what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, part of him had to stay married to his wife because he was Roman Catholic. And part of him was in love with Catherine Hepburn, who that wasn't going to happen. So there was. And then there's people who say part of him was bisexual. So. Well, that might have been the. Attraction to Catherine. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that Catherine Epperne and him never consummated anything. That doesn't surprise me. There's so many. It's just all just the in and outs and the what have you. As it you. were, the in and outs, as it were. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and my last one is just Dame Elizabeth Taylor. Ha! Like. I don't know. It's like what we said last week on the last picture show, saying how beautiful people just live a completely different life. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Just Elizabeth Taylor's life and just walking around with a face like that and the camera just loves it. And then, yeah, you're going to end up being married eight times and it's yeah. going to be a wild ride. And her real life was nothing like what was portrayed on film. Well, my number one was that bar that just raises up out of yeah, that. Yeah, so good. Console. Mm-hmm. Uh, being the father of the groom or the mother of the groom, I'm just here to say that is a high five. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have to put on the um, rehearsal dinner. Uh, got it. <laughs> um, Magnolia's. Come on, I am the queen of using magnolias to decorate. That is true. Uh, not leave a mess for Delilah. Mm-hmm. But my number one reheatable is memories of the perfect <laughs> wedding ever. Most perfect wedding ever. Yeah, here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so perfect for you two and for us and for... It was just perfect, Mm -hmm. even though I couldn't get drunk no matter how hard I tried. And we didn't have a cake to cut the knife, a knife to cut the cake. And (laughs) that knife. I got a piece of the lemon cake. I didn't. I was too late. Very important orchestra cello that we had played the wrong song. You mean the walk down song? Yeah. Yeah. The walk walk in. Yeah, but I think it's hilarious. (laughs) Like, I love that. It's part of the perfect wedding. (laughs) I mean, the picture of Adam, I think your aunt took it. Robin, I think, took it. Mm -hmm. Of Adam, that smile on Adam's face when you're coming up. I mean, just. Let me tell you what. Can I give you the behind the scenes of that picture? It's not when I'm coming up the aisle. It's when he's talking. He's seeing Brendan and Donald in the audience. (laughs) It's not. For me, coming up the aisle, that's him dicking around with his friends. I prefer to think it's him knowing knowing you're coming up the aisle 
And this is the perfect. I'll, as Eliza says, I'll put myself back in the narrative and we'll put the Yeah. Put yourself back in the narrative. I'm choosing it the way I like uh, to see it. We are to quotables. Um, when the, in the beginning, when the dad says, you're not wearing your usual deadpan look that how did I ever get into this family look? Okay. <laughs> When they were having their, these are out of order. When they were having their talk at the end, when they both couldn't sleep the night before the wedding, which I was also very worried about her eyes under, she was going to be sleepy. She was up really late at night. But he said, whenever you've been bothered, I've always been around, haven't I? Well, I'll be around when the wedding march starts tomorrow. All you have to do is take my arm and lean against me and relax and I'll do the rest. Oh, I mean, I know. And when they're at the wedding reception and he said, no one was listening to the orchestra. Ellie could have saved that $85. Exactly. <laughs> my son's son, my son's my son until he gets a wife, but my daughter's my daughter all over life. I've never heard that before. Really? Yeah, I've never either. heard that before. Yeah. Uh, you already said the barefaced lying. Um, I thought it was, uh, Oh, Kay said, I thought a wedding was supposed to be a joyous occasion. This is a business convention. Mm-hmm. True. And I think it's a little too early for a martini. We'll have scotch. I know. Scotch. We're going to go from a martini to Yeah, scotch. like that's scotch. any better? What? Oh, that lets you know who these people are. They are yeah, old that's money. And that is old money. That's young and, and the restless money. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know about their senses of humor. I don't yeah. think there is one. <laughs> it's true serious drinks yeah it's true we all know my stance on scotch we do martinis remember the year i had to get through drinking martinis because i bought the vermouth yes (laughs) jeez (laughs) unbelievable she was like you're still trying to make that happen i'm like i got a bottle of vermouth yeah i gotta finish this and it, you just wave it over just so it, it smells the vermouth. No. So you had a long way to go. Oh, I w- well, I wasn't letting it smell over. I was very liberal with my vermouth pours. And then I have when uh, <laughs> when uh, Kay, Elizabeth Taylor's char- character is all mad and she's like, oh, I just found out the worst thing. And he's like, uh. probably, he's like, probably got a wife somewhere else. Like, you know. <laughs> He's going through yeah. like murder. He's got a wife. Yeah, I was too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, you mentioned it earlier when he says, "Funny, the minute you get someone worrying, you stop worrying yourself." Because he, he just couldn't do it. And then he gets up. He delivers a great rant. I'm a big fan of a great rant. Mm-hmm. Delivers the great rant, and you know the wife was just like fast asleep, sleeping like a baby. He delivers yes. the rant. Then he yeah. goes to sleep, and then the wife is just panicked. And the next scene, Joan Bennett is great when she walks into the bathroom and just her face just looks shook. And she just sits down and she's like, I think maybe you should have a talk with him. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so then it goes on with that scene. And it, it's just funny, like the two, how the, you know, two people, how they're basically doing a ballet dance with each other and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, you know, they've been around each other long enough to know what buttons to press and, and how to manipulate. And so now that she hasn't slept, she wants the dad, Spencer Tracy, to have a talk. And he's like, oh, no, like, you're worrying about it. I'm fine. 
And then I forget what it is that she says, but she says something to him. And it was basically putting into question his masculinity. I'm pretty sure. I forget what exactly it was, was the exact quote. Because the way that Spencer Tracy just stopped and said, well, that's a fine remark. (laughs) I died laughing. Oh, I have to write that down. Yeah, now he's worrying. Now, Now she put it back on him. She's like, oh, I was sleeping fine. I wasn't worried. Then you put all the worry on me. Now I'm coming into the bathroom to put all this worry on you. It's not working. I know it is going to work. I'm going to say this. And then it's the one thing that he's like, ah, damn. Touche. Checkmate. I'm just, that was crazy funny to me. When they're drinking, and I don't know what it is that they're drinking, but he doesn't like it. He's like, not too sweet, not too dry. <laughs> it was sherry. You know, remember, it's always sherry like it's supposed to be the wasry. Yeah. yeah, that everybody is good with. And he's like, yeah, I could really use some gin right now. So then when it gets to be that they're all drinkers, because I thought it was funny how they were tiptoeing around them being drinkers. And then it's like, why are we waiting? Why are we wasting time with this? Like. <laughs> That's how I feel about alcohol. Why are we wasting time with this? Get this out of here. I just kept thinking of uh, a party that my mom and dad threw. I I don't remember what it was for, but my father uh, f- felt himself a true mixologist. Mm. And he used to make daiquiris that were to kill for. And they had a party. It was an after, like a, like an open house, like afternoon into evening. And some dude the next morning went, uh, it was before Instagram or Facebook. His car was wedged in between two trees in his front yard. And they had gotten out of the car and got into the house and slept the night and then woke up and went, damn. <laughs> How did our car get there? Uh, that's before Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Yes. <laughs> that's it, It's not funny, but... Wild, wild time. I believe yes. he also, didn't he jump into a pool fully clothed? Yes. With, so. a, with his Timex watch, which would have... Yeah, yeah. That was after White Russians. Yeah. The dude. The dude abides. Which leads me into my final quote. Because I laughed so hard at this. Like, tee-hee-hee. At one point, uh, the Spencer Tracy's character goes, oh, and they're getting ready for the wedding. He's like, Kay, Kay, it's 420. <laughs> oh, yeah. I meant to write that down. I was just laughing. Oh, my God, I'm, like, I'm just not getting it. Kay, Kay, it's 420. I'm like, oh. Heller. There we I have personally it. celebrated 420 this year. So now we are to, oh, wait, my quotables. What do they think I'm doing here? Filling prescriptions? Because he had mm-hmm. to make all the drinks. Uh, and then uh, one of the brothers said, whose wedding are you talking about? Yours or Kay's? Because I feel like the wedding gets overtaken by the people outside of the two couples and that's when it becomes we were just talking to a friend of ours who is getting married next year and there's like um 
she wants a very like a smaller wedding and her family it's like she kept asking for the list asking for the list and then they gave the list and she was like okay that's not that bad and then that was only her mom's people that she wanted not even her dad's and like right so she's like we're just doing a destination wedding so i hope none of these people will come Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like we did pretty good with the list oh my god yeah you guys Neither of our parents, I was like, we're so lucky to have, neither of our parents cared about any of, like, we didn't have to invite anybody's friends, really, or like, you know. I wanted it to be your wedding. I think we both had maybe two aunts there, and that was it. We are two LVPs. You two did your LVPs. My LVP is, she slammed his hand in the door, and he still came back? Yeah. She looks like Elizabeth Taylor. Yes, he came back. (laughs) (laughs) And I also felt like any actor could have played Buckley. I mean, it it didn't take any acting chops to be Buckley. No. So we are to MVPs. Mine was Spencer Tracy. Mine was Spencer Tracy as well. Really? I felt like he was such, he was so believable. And the relationship of him and Kay, I loved so much. I loved that he called her kitten. I felt it was like, I thought it was a good, sometimes in these older movies, the father-daughter relationship creeps me out a little bit. And this one didn't. Like, I just felt it was, like, really genuine and, like, you know, she was, like, she wanted his approval, but not to the point of it being weird. And Right, right. I don't know. I just loved their relationship. I thought he was so totally believable. And there were parts of the movie where at first I was getting annoyed because it was stressing me out so much. But then I was like, oh, that just means it's good because it's realistic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I had his comic timing as my runner-up. Oh, well, can your... I go? Well, wait oh, before yeah. you do yours, then, because we had the same one. Just piggyback on that. Yeah, he just Spencer Tracy to me. His on-screen persona is, I just, he does a thing that I think is very hard, and I think it's harder to do now that we're kind of looking at history differently. Where it would be, it's very easy to kind of just fall like, oh, look at this rich white man. You know, like you're just like, mm-hmm. oh. But he's just so personable. He has the comic timing where he's really funny yeah. get, d- with his line deliveries, his line readings, his, his, he does so much just based on expressions. Mm-hmm. And also, like you said, the relationship that he has with his daughter, I thought it was very sweet and also very surprisingly modern. To mm-hmm. me, for like 1950s at least, it just felt like all of the things that, like, yeah, like let America be like, th- it's just like a nice warm feeling that mm-hmm. made you, like he, and he could also do the drama elements of it where it's like very touching. He's just yeah. like got such a great screen persona. But then on the flip side, if you listen to just, I mean, he was a, you know, alcoholism is a disease and he suffered from it truly. And he would go on binges where he was just in a hotel room for days with just boxes of liquor. Like he was just one of those kinds of alcoholics. There was no in between between. He could not have a drink and he by all accounts, kind of wasn't great to be around if you were a, mm-hmm. a leading lady. 
So it's it's just this very interesting thing of like both things can be true, you know. This guy can deliver these performances and have this depth and this humanity where he's just such a sweet guy. And then there's also the flip side of it where he was probably just... I could imagine people would think that he was a horrible person because of how they treated him. But then also he has that sweetness within him that he was able to get away with it. Do you know what I'm kind of saying? Mm -hmm. And that's how people would do it. and, And you can't... He both things can be true. He can have this persona that makes you feel warm and tingly and like, oh, I kind of imagine that that's how my grandfather was, you know, like, ah, Spencer Tracy. But then also, yeah, this guy probably like he's nobody's idol and any nor should he be. This is just he was able to pull it together and recite these lines. And this was his art. But that like all these things are true about him. Yeah. It was five years after World War II ended, so a lot of men had been through the shit. Mm-hmm. So there were those two sides to them. My MVP was Elizabeth Taylor first, just Elizabeth Taylor. But then her scream at the end of that dream sequence of his, that was a totally, like, real scream. Oh. It was a, it was a, Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Jamie Curtis got nothing on her. So we are to recasting. Mm-hmm. I did two. I did none. I did one, but I thought about two, but then I stuck with one. So my Stanley, I have two different people. It would take it in two totally different directions. Because as we just said, you had to have really good comic timing jamie fox as the father mm-hmm. oh, that'd be good really one. good time uh, yeah and so my k i love this person moses ingram oh yeah from queen's, queen's gambit. gambit um and then as i said earlier buckley could be anybody I mean, he didn't need any yeah. kind of acting chops but i did put jay ellis from Insecure, mm-hmm. Issa Rae's uh, love interest there. Mm-hmm. Now, to put it in a different direction, we could have had Stanley be Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. That would have been interesting. That's a very intimidating Stanley. Yes, it would be. So yours, Erin? All right. Well, my first recasting as I have Buckley. Well, I guess I'll go from the top. Stanley. So I was kind of thinking in line of like a like you know Spencer Tracy, somebody who could be comedic but also very affable, and then we get the audience on his side. And I thought of Brad Pitt. I did too because he's now fifty. I think Mm -hmm. Spencer Tracy was close to fifty at the time of this. Yeah. So I have Brad Pitt, and then his wife Ellie. I have Kerry Washington. Oh. Uh-huh. Mhm. And then as his daughter Kay, I have Letitia Wright. Yes, yeah. From Black that Panther. That totally work. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think she's fantastic. And then as Buckley, I have Jesse T Usher, who is in the Shaft reboot. Okay, yeah. Mhm. And then my second cast because Tasty Nugget alert, 
I read that in September of 2020 that a remake was announced with a Hispanic family. I didn't know. Now, but who knows, you know, COVID and all. But that's what I had heard. So I went with Stanley Antonio Banderas. <gasps> Antonio Banderas. His wife, Ellie, is Eva Longoria. <gasps> and then I have Kay is Isabella Gomez. She's a young actress. Oh, I don't know what she's been in because I had to Google it. Understood. And then for Buckley, I have Rico Rodriguez, a.k.a. Manny from Modern Family. <laughs> all grown up. All uh -huh. grown up Manny. So that was just my take on I it. I kept wanting to put K as Zendaya. Yeah, but we always want to put her in everything. We do. Anytime it's 20, yeah. People yeah. who are in their 20s. Okay, so we are to Tasty Nuggets. Mm -hmm. I only have one. I think okay. The only one that I had was that Spencer Tracy wanted Catherine Hepburn to play yeah. his screen wife, but it was felt they were too romantic a team to play a happily domesticated couple with children. I mean, they had a gazillion movies where they were together, so... Yeah, I I wondered it when I was watching it, like, oh, because I didn't know who Joan Bennett was, and I was like, ah, I wonder if the, if uh, Catherine Hepburn. And so then when I got to that tasty nugget as well, but I think that I think that it's fine. And they did that. I like that Joan in, Bennett. In, in, and then they did it in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. They did so, it. Oh. They did indeed. I have that there's a sequel that that was done a year later. No. Called, yeah, called Father's Little Dividend, and I. Yeah, I kept thinking that I had the wrong name of the movie. I was like, because I thought it was Fifty One, and then it kept coming up every time I was searching like Father the Bride for like tidbits and stuff. It was like, what is it? Dividend. Yeah, Father's Little Dividend. Father's Little Dividend, which like, okay, that sounds creepy. And it's, um, I believe it's streaming on Amazon Prime. So that's interesting. Um, I have, it was nominated for Best Picture Academy Award, Best Actor, and Best Screenwriting. That at, at some point um, before... Spencer Tracy had originally signed on to be in the movie that Jack Benny, who was a comedian, really wanted the role. And so at some point they brought in Jack Benny, but they, he was thought to be too comedic and that he couldn't really handle the dramatic aspects. And then Spencer Tracy heard that they brought in Jack Benny. And so then he was like, nah, I don't want to do it. And that Mr. Minnelli had to convince Catherine Hepburn to bring him to a meeting and then Mr. Minnelli was able to convince Spencer Tracy to do the film. Hmm. So I didn't bring that up because I thought you two didn't know who Jack Benny was. I, it's like, bah, 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 like that song, right? And he's like running around trying to grope women, I think. Probably. 
I, I know, I can't tell you exactly what Jack Benny's comic stylings are, but I didn't know that he's a famous comedian. Very deadpan. He was always very deadpan. Mm-hmm. Like the always playing the straight man, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Taylor in real life married Conrad Nikki Hilton. Yes. Oh. Of that Hilton family. The Two love days. of her life. No, I thought that Todd was the love of her life. Well, several people. Yeah, Nikki were... Hilton, they... I mean, they got married two days before the premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, it they were divorced by the time they did Father's Little Dividend. So, like in this, the build up to this movie, it was you know MGM went all out and added that into the publicity, and they actually had Helen Rose, who designed the wedding uh-huh. dress in the film. Yep. She also designed in real life Elizabeth Taylor's wedding dress to Conrad Hilton, and MGM gave that to Elizabeth Taylor as a wedding gift. Um, Helen Rose also designed the Bad and the Beautiful costumes, uh, tons of other costumes, because she was with MGM, and MGM was the shit then. But also Grace Kelly's wedding dress, that oh. was designed by Helen Rose as well. Um, she could have taken. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor's wedding dress and like taken seven eighths of it off and it would have still been it would have been a beautiful dress there was way too much going on Mm -hmm. Um, but then by the time that the father's little dividend when that was coming out there the marriage was already on the rocks done donezo I thought he died before they got divorced no, they got divorced because he had to go on to have whoever he had to have so that we got Paris Hilton. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, I believe that we needed that to happen to have them. I could and be thank God that that happened. I could be I getting know. Mike Could Hilton. you imagine our life no without Paris, Paris Hilton? I think the, the family tree could be all. I'm not being joking thought. about that. You know. I mean, oh, she's one of my. She's one of my idols. I'm not even saying that to be joking. I love her so much. I had a book about. I, I have her book. I really little known fact about me. Little known. I love Paris. She's a huge animal lover. She's an entrepreneur. She's an all around bad bitch. So glad we're learning this. Yeah. Now. Well, it. She's had a very friend interesting- to the gay community. Oh, yeah, okay. if you're if yeah, that, ma, that's like a generational thing because when I, I was I've come around on Paris Hilton. I was because we very... used to watch the show with Nicole Richie. Oh, and... Simple Life. Oh, I know, simple so good. Life, yes. Yeah, she was just all about the things that I just wasn't all about because we're yeah. at the same age. But now that I'm older and I just like what she ended up doing and all of her causes and well, I don't good. know that much about her but just like how how she was treated at her school like that all came out it, it was just yeah. it's one of those things where then you look back on much like with Britney Spears and how in the mm-hmm. moment okay, you get caught up with that yeah and then when you get older and you kind of take a look back you're like oh that was kind of unfair that's okay oh interesting oh okay huh. I was manipulated as well Noted. So, um, 
Yes, there was a remake, 1991, Steve Martin, Diane Keaton, mm-hmm. Kimberly Williams. But, I mean, the MVP of that movie, because the only thing I remember of that is Martin Short as yeah. the wedding player. Being the wedding dude, yeah. Um, we said... I, we didn't say this before, but I just want to... I don't think we have. I was really impressed that the relationship in the 1950 version between... Um, Spencer Tracy Stanley. Stanley and his wife was like, hmm? they were the modern couple. Yeah, they were. They like, appeared- I felt like it could have gone either way or, you know, I let you, you know, there was glimpses of it when they were buying all those packages or whatever. But like, I, I thought that they, I was very impressed that, like you said, it's st- it, like, it's still true today. It's not like a film you would watch and be like, oh, well, that marriage, you know, that they're not right. like we are today. Right, mm-hmm. right. It felt like they were in a, a true partnership with each other. Yeah, and when at the, uh, this would be back in my positives, but when she walked down the stairs when they were like late for the wedding, and he was like, "I knew I'd never remember what she wore that day, but I'd never forget how she looked." Exactly, because oh. she didn't have the wedding she wanted because she had the wedding she thought he wanted. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, she was 18, so what did she really know? But she hey. was 18? Yeah. No, no, no. no. We're talking oh, when about they the got married. Now. Okay. We're talking yeah. about Joan parents. Bennett. Oh, when they got married. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I remember saying yes. Joan Bennett was 18 yes. and they filmed this. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We needed clarification. Sorry, I took us off that. track there. We're back. No, I was with you, Teeny. <laughs> uh, um, this was in, this movie was playing at. It wasn't the last picture show, but it was playing in the film, The Last Picture Show. Oh, which yeah. is why I picked right. it. Mm-hmm. It is number 83 on AFI's wow. Years of 100 Laughs. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty good. And the negative was destroyed in a 1978 fire. So all the yeah. home releases are from a fine grain master positive. Oh, wow. Which we learned from My Favorite Murder could be very... Old film can be very flammable. Did you That's hear that? Why, home yeah. Film? yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. a lot of the, um, a lot of the the movies, the silent film era movies, are gone because they just gone, burned right. up. Right. Yep. With that, all that nitrate and stuff. Um, yeah. So those are my tasty nuggets. The photo of Elizabeth Taylor as a young girl by the pony mm-hmm. is a true photo oh. of her the venus de milo uh statue with the the clock belly, the yeah. belly clock that was brought back in the 1991 remake oh <coughs> um june 10th was it was its release nationwide right and that yeah. was judy See, garland's birthday oh vincente oh. Um, and um, Spencer Tracy's death. He died on June 10th, 1967. Mm. It was nominated for Academy Awards, but didn't win any. Mm, Bummer. Mm. I really enjoyed it because I thought back on, you know, Adam and Christine's wedding, which was the perfect wedding ever. And so I did enjoy it. I did too. I liked it a lot. 
I enjoyed it way more than I because we it was ninety one. I think that Father of the Bride. I think we probably saw this in Germany, like what we did with you know it's big deal because it had been a big stateside. And I remember not like eh, you know I was eleven. Yeah, so that wouldn't have like, had it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were like, oh, Father of the Bride, I'm like, okay, all right. But I was like, oh, I was entertained. I was. I know. Laughing. That's what made me want to go back and watch the newer one too to see if like maybe I I probably I mean obviously I relate to it more now than I seeing it as a teenager. I don't you don't get it or you know exactly. you do but like it's hard to try to out Spencer Tracy Spencer Tracy. So you can't go into it looking at it that way. Yeah. And I liked how timeless it was. And it's still... I agree. You know? Although I can't imagine sitting at dinner, eating and talking about this dude Manziel I met, and all of a sudden my father saying, are you going to marry him? And me saying yes. That would not have happened in the... No. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that either being like, oh, by the way, I've met this guy. I'm going to marry him. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I had well, to tell my... my parents we were moving in together before they had met him. So that was, a, that was bomb, enough, bomb enough. Exactly. I can't, I know. I, it's like, <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah, I'm marrying this guy. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> It was it was a fun memory for me. Yes, I enjoyed it as well. So Good job, Christine, Ma. next oh, yeah. week. Oh next week is me. And you know, I had a few. I have a list, and I didn't even consult it. Um. Okay, I'm gonna let's see how we're gonna take you here. We're going to the year I was born. Nineteen eighty-seven. Yes. And anything else I say, I will give it away. So I guess risky just... business. No, <laughs> no. Uh, well, fast there times was... at Ridgemont High. No, that was 1987. I don't know. I'm just pulling at 80s movies out my butt. <laughs> oh, uh, but Nicolas Cage is in it. Ooh. Okay. Wait a second. It's not Moonstruck. Yes. Olympia Dukakis. Yes. Just which is why I she just passed on. And it's partially, and I, not gonna lie, I don't know who she is. Okay. So well, I didn't now. know who she is, and so, but I wait, will now. Wait. Did you pick this movie before she passed away? No, well, okay, so this movie was on my list because a few months ago, you know, the the Daily, the podcast, yeah. they have their Sunday read episodes, which I kind of hate. Never listen to them. Oh, I always listen to them on my Okay. Monday. Well, I never listen to them because I think they're, I don't like some of the voices that they use sometimes. <laughs> okay. It's not Michael Barbaro, okay? Yeah, they have their stable of readers. However, I did listen to the episode about moonstruck and share they had an episode a few months ago and somebody wrote an article about moonstruck and share and how they loved share and moonstruck and i listened to most of that and then i was like hmm, i should do that movie sometime and then i forgot that i had that thought and then um olympia dukakis passed away and i kept seeing things on here of moonstruck 
and the other movie she's been in that was really uh, big she was the been magnolias but yeah steel magnolias, steel magnolias which i have seen oh but... thank you for not picking that oh my god oh that was my second pick okay i knew but it. i went with moonstruck because of the daily episode where they talked about share and i also do love italian-american culture yeah so <laughs> you do. good food um good food. it has a 94 percent on rotten tomatoes and the plot is that Loretta Castorini, a widowed Italian American, falls in love with her fiance's estranged, hot tempered younger brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get over it. No, it's snap out of it. Snap out of it. Yeah. So you guys have clearly seen this. I have not. Well, because. But it's been a really I, long time. And I was of the age, I was like around seven when it came out. And this was one of the first times I remember like, you know, the Oscars and stuff. And, and I believe Cher won the Academy Award for this. And I remember always seeing the clip of snap out of it. So I always knew about Moonstruck. And then uh, maybe 10 years ago, because I had never seen it, because I was too little to see it when it came out, I watched it. But it, it's been a, a long time since i You hear I've that, listeners? It. I didn't let her watch Moonstruck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I haven't seen it in decades, and so I'm I'm anxious to see it. I remember Cher showing up at the Academy Awards in this yeah, I believe it was Bob Mackie. Uh, and she said, you know, we were sent a list of things that we shouldn't do to show up at the Academy Awards. <laughs> and she broke every rule there was. So, yeah. And Cher's just, just fun. Yeah. She's yeah. Just, just so much fun. She's had such a crazy, great career that I think that people forget she's a really good actress. We might have to have some rigatoni bolognese to eat as we're watching it. Because you got to have some good Italian food. Yeah, I do love rigatoni bolognese. Um, Maybe I'll make some next Sunday. I I have the ingredients to make it because Manzel ate it at the Italian restaurant before we went to see Hamilton. And he hasn't stopped talking about it since. So... Mm. Oh, that place. Yeah, that place is so good. He Sam Marzano. He spilled wine. Wouldn't oh, he? Yeah. he spilled it. Wait, is that the place that I we went to with yes. all the wine? Yeah. Yes. You, can't, you can't go in there and not leave hammered. Yeah. yeah you were so hammered. hammered. I remember you were hammered. I was so hammered. I gave them their wedding toast at the table. I was so hammered. <laughs> I'm sure you did. While crying. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure oh, I yes, cried Absolutely crying. <laughs> Then we got in a an Uber to get us to and drank a lot more wine. <laughs> yeah, and we weren't gonna get there in time. And Tini goes, "We gotta walk from here." And I was, yeah. like, "We gotta get out. We gotta get out of this cab. We gotta get out. We gotta go get our tickets because we're seeing Hamilton. Damn it! That was before the shit hit the fan." Okay, listeners, that was Father of the Bride, nineteen fifty. Next week is Moonstruck. Bye. Bye. Bye.